Hi, everyone. Welcome to a special bonus episode of Second Act Actors. I'm your host, Dr. Janet McMorty, and I'm still a medical doctor simultaneously trying to pursue a career in acting. This bonus episode is the live recording of my workshop at the ACE Conference, the Association of Acting Coaches and Educators Conference. This happened a couple weeks ago in Toronto at the Tarragon Theatre, and I hosted a workshop along with the fabulous Chelsea Johnson. Chelsea hosts the Q2Q podcast. Definitely check out her podcast if you love podcasts about creatives. She interviews fabulous, fabulous human beings. We put on a workshop, like I said, all about podcasting. We talk to the acting coaches and educators about how to start your own podcast, why you should start your own podcast. It's awesome. How to be a good podcast host and how to be a good podcast guest. We had a fabulous time. This is, again, the live recording. You'll hear, the first voice you'll hear is Jennifer Wigmore. She was the founder of the ACE Conference and she was my guest a couple weeks ago. Definitely check out her episode. She is wonderful. Please enjoy this fabulous, in my own humble opinion, bonus episode live recording of myself and Chelsea's workshop at the ACE Conference. Enjoy! provide education and create community. And one of the things that we thought about when, we were, when a whole bunch of us were coming together to talk about what are the things we want to offer at this conference, we, you know, we wanted to talk about power, and we wanted to talk about young performers, and we wanted to talk about how to do better and make better spaces and stuff. But we also, all of us wanted to talk about how we empower educators to uh, learn more about ethical business practices or to learn more about uh, how to grow their audiences or to, to just develop new skills that they may not have. And independently, I have been speaking to both of these incredible women, like completely separately for very different reasons. And, and I thought, and then I kind of broached them both that they should come to the conference because they're both podcasters and maybe do an, a podcast episode from the conference. And so we were talking about that and I did interviews with them. And, and then I was like, why am I not putting them together to do this thing? Um, because it's just, to me, I'm fascinated by the art of podcasting. I, I love podcasts. I'm a huge podcast devourer of content. And I think they're just such an incredible medium to tell stories, but also to share knowledge. And so to me, it was just a no-brainer. If I can get more acting coaches to make podcasts, the world would be better. <laughs> so that's why I thought, that's what we want. We need people that teach us how to podcast. <laughs> so that's why we're here. So I want to introduce you to these two amazing people. This is Chelsea Johnson. She's the creator of Q2Q, the Performers Podcast. Has over 200 episodes under her belt. And, and it's a space where artists can come together and be inspired by other artists. Um, Chelsea's also an actor, a singer, and an acting coach. Has been doing that for 20 years. 
And so we're just so grateful for Chelsea. She's also my, a fellow student. We're in the class in a class together. Yes, we are. So I mean, yeah, I know Chelsea on many ways. So thank you, Chelsea, for being here. My pleasure, Janet. Um, this is Dr. Janet McMorney, who uh, all, all of us learned that Janet was a doctor this morning when she helped us Janet is a fellowship trained sports medicine physician who is also an actor and a voiceover artist, an improv artist, and a stunt performer. Mm. <laughs> what do you do in your spare time? Exactly. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> and um, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she hosts Second Act Actors Podcast uh, that has, celebrates people who had life changing careers and, into acting. And so she. There's so many cool people in her podcast because they're people who come to acting from like, you know, medicine, but also from like fire hall, like from, <laughs> like from amazing places. Uh, and so they're just really, their take on acting is fascinating. And so it's a really cool, a really cool uh, podcast. So I'm super grateful that both of you said yes and that you're here and that you're going to impart wisdom on us about podcasting that I'd love to learn. Thank you. Hi, you are very important to us as well. So, uh, hi, my name is Chelsea uh, Johnson, she, her, and um, as Jen was mentioning, um, I'm a podcaster, I'm an actor, singer, dancer, and I just thought I'd break my leg for all of us, <laughs> so it's pretty broken. Um, <laughs> but just the elephant in the room there. Um, I will be back up and running in, in three weeks. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I have, I have yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I have been consulting with you. <laughs> I'm like, so, uh, is this normal? <laughs> so, um, so I also want to, when I hand it over uh, to Janet, she's going to let us know how the, the workshop is going to run. All right. So, yes. Hi, everyone. I'm Janet McMorty. And um, so what we're going to do today is chat through a bunch of different things about podcasting that we love. So starting with who we are how our podcast came to be, and uh, a little bit about our podcast. And then the big question of why podcasting? You know, why did we fall in love with this media form? Why has the world fallen in love with this media form? And um, what we think makes a good podcast, personal preferences. And then, you know, why should you consider uh, starting a podcast as an acting coach, as an educator? And what we think makes a good podcasting host, along with some of the, you know, the basics of like, let's talk about the microphone, let's talk about the sound quality. Um, but you know, what makes a good podcast host in our uh, humble opinions? We have um, a little exercise we're going to do with you, which is going to be fun. Um, and then I think the second half will be about what we think makes good podcast guests. Who makes a good podcast guest? Why we think acting coaches and educators make good podcast guests how you can be a guest on a podcast, and you know, what makes a good guest in our humble opinion, the do's, don'ts, before, during, and after a podcast. And um, then we'll have some time for some questions. And yeah. Yeah, sound good? Yeah. All right, okay, okay. All right. let's get into All right. it. Okay, so first, uh, we were just gonna talk a little bit about like 
what brought us to podcasting, what made us excited about podcasting, um, and how our podcast came to be. And the reason why we talked about why we're going to talk about that is because I think for me specifically, it was, you know, having that feeling of like, well, I have nothing to say, or like, you know, is this too niche? Is this too, and just to give you an inner look of, of how things can look and they're not too niche down, they're not too broad. It's really about what you're passionate about is what you really want to talk about because it's what you can do long-term and sustainability. Because the thing about podcasting, and I'm laughing about this, is like the narrative, I mean, I started this like seven years ago. So so I this is before it was kind of popular. And so I came up a lot of like, oh, it's a boys club, you can't play. I had a lot of that. And uh, also I had... Um, I also had like, well, no one's podcast. What is the, po- I used to have to show people on the phone. So this is how you go to a podcast. Like, I'm not kidding. I had an actual, I did a Facebook live as to like how to get to a podcast. <laughs> people didn't know what that was. To now, literally the narrative has turned on its head. It's like, oh, everyone has podcasts, you know? And it's kind of like, um, you know, people are like, well, it's just saturated. It's just saturated. And so, yes, that's <laughs> and and the, we're going to share some interesting stats on that later mm-hmm. um, to help kind of myth bust that. But like anything else, what you're passionate about and what you love to talk about, you will find the people who also are passionate about that thing and want to talk about that thing. And so it's vulnerable making, but also really freeing at the same time. So to get that narrative, whichever narrative you have in your head, because usually people have one or the other, to just kind of set that aside for the next however time we have and just, you know, open, <laughs> open your heads, pop them open. So I came to podcasting, actually, uh, funny story, is I was actually going to um, go into coaching as a leadership and development coach. And uh, I had my website, and I was like, okay, I really want to do this. And then just before I published my website, I was like, I don't think this is right. I'm missing something. And I all of a sudden, imposter complex just like shot up through the roof. I was feeling like this doesn't feel in alignment with myself. And what I realized is I was not including the artists. The thing I was actually passionate about was, was performers and artists. And then I started to realize that when I was on gigs, whether that be theater or whether that be singing, um, people, the things that I was, the thing that I was most passionate about were the conversations I was having behind the scenes with actors and uh, artists. And they were coming to me. I don't know if I have like a green light on my forehead or something, but being like, this is happening to me in the wings and talking to me about that. And so I started to hear a lot of the same things from different artists. And then I realized there's this whole, like I used to equate it to duck on water, you know, like everything's fine, everything. And you're like, oh, underneath with, with artists and myself included in that conversation. And for me, I, I've always loved the phrase from my therapist, what's mentionable is, what's, is what is manageable. So it's like, what if we actually aired this stuff out? And what if we actually um, created a community? So I was like, I can't be the only one feeling alone. But I don't, and, and the other thing I, as an artist, do not feel particularly passionate about is actually talking about self-promotion. So as even though I will talk about that with my guests, I realize that's not what I'm passionate about. 
I'm like, who are you? I want to know you. Like, I want to get. I want to know you. What makes you tick? Who, what makes you that, that sparkle that I see in you? Tell me more about that. And so that, as you are listening to us talk today, I, I encourage you to think about that for you. What lights you up like that? Because that's sustainable. And so then um, I launched, um, and uh, it has been a journey um, from there. And I've got to meet so many wonderful artists. It's it's incredible. The other thing that podcasting and the reason why I started my pod or didn't start my podcast, but has been the biggest benefit is I get the deepest kind of learning because mm-hmm. I have the artist right in front of me and I get to ask the questions. And I also am thinking about my listener, but I'm also really getting the deepest cut. Uh, and that's one of the gifts that people uh, often don't talk about in podcasting is like how much you will grow from it mm-hmm. as a human. So that is the reason why I started my podcast, and that's the roundabout way as to, to how I started my journey. Yeah, so I did not go to theater school or anything like that. I went to medical school. <laughs> um, so I started acting at the beginning of the pandemic when obviously healthcare workers were immensely burnt out and just not having a great time. As I think a lot of people during the pandemic went through big kind of shifts in their brain about pivots in their life. Um, so interestingly, the second city in Toronto was doing these free shows for healthcare workers online as a support of being like, you need to laugh because if you don't, you're going to cry and true. Um, and I watched these shows and I was like, I want to learn how to do that. That looks like so much fun. They're having pure joy up on there. And I'm about in that seven year itch of my medical career of being like, this doesn't feel right. What's wrong. Right. And I kind of said, I want to learn how to do that. And of course, the blessing of the pandemic was everything being online, including all of you wonderful acting coaches and educators having to pivot, but put things online. So now I could take classes. I live up in Sudbury. Anywhere in the world, I could take a class. And that's how I started into the acting world. Wax poetic about how, oh, when I was a kid, I loved acting. And then somebody said to me, that's not a proper career path, which is the vein that my podcast talks about all the time. So I went into a very traditional career path and I love my medical career. I love the science of it, um, as evidenced by this morning. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) in my acting classes, especially the beginning ones, and anyone, especially even here talking to people who coach beginners, Everyone says, oh my gosh, I have so many people in my acting class who are like teachers or nurses or lawyers or just accountants who want to just try it out. And so I started meeting more and more people like myself who were what I dubbed second act actors later on in their life, later on, um, saying, I want to try something new. I want to either full pivot or simultaneously pursue this along with uh, my job that I'm doing. It doesn't need to be, I I need to go be in a Marvel movie, but it's like, maybe I want to do some community theater or just act in my basement or just learn how to communicate with my patients better. So I started meeting more and more people. And then echoing off what you said, Mm -hmm. I was like, I am not the only person here. My problems are not unique. Everyone else is dealing with this. There needs to be community. And so everything that I've now heard since starting my podcast was like, Oh my God, I can't believe I found somebody. I can't believe I found you. I'm that. I'm a second act actor. I'm a lawyer. I don't want to be a lawyer anymore. I want to turn into, I want to be an actor. And so that was the kind of nexus of my podcast saying, 
you know, I want to meet more of these people. I want to have conversations with them. And also the realization that a lot of us went through very, very similar things growing up and are now going through very similar things doing that switch. But also I have people on my show who have inspired us, not just, so acting coaches, people who've supported us in this, but also have episodes for people who, like people in the industry who I have no idea what they do because I didn't go to film school. What's a grip, right? So I'm gonna have, I have those people on my show saying, okay, I'm a hair and makeup artist. You're gonna meet me on set, right? Here are some things like, what can I do as a new actor to make your job easier? I've had producers on there. I don't know what a producer does. I had a first AD, right? Intimacy coordinators. These people who are part of the universe that we now live in and all these people listening, my listeners, want to learn about these people. So it's realizing that there's this whole community of people saying, I want to hear what you have to say. I want to hear what acting coaches in the world have to say. I want to hear what directors have to say, writers have to say, and how I, as the new actor craving knowledge, um, I want to learn from them. But also I want to hear from people who are like me in the community. So I'm doing this for my baby just turned, uh, my baby being my podcast, ha, Um, just turned a year and a half. And um, episode 72, one was yesterday, and that was Louis Balmander, and then episode 70 was Jennifer Wigmore. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been a fantastic ride, and just, I gotta emphasize what you said. The amount of learning that I get, selfish. Like, people are like, what are you trying to get out of your podcast? You're trying to make money? I'm like, Lord, no. Uh, but what I get is just, the yeah, just so much, so much knowledge from people. Not just my guests, but the listeners who reach out as well, too. And we'll chat about this later, is that the listeners are, you know, obviously of paramount importance, but they are there and they want to connect with you, which I think is pretty great. Thanks. Okay. So we thought we'd talk about why podcasting, although we talked about our journey, but some of the things that maybe didn't get touched upon. And, you know, the thing about podcasting and the reason why we've seen such a rise in podcasting, and we'll talk a little bit about the stats in a little bit uh, later, later on in the workshop. But it's different than your, you know, ET Canada interview or, or, you know, it's, there is a, I feel, I don't know how you guys feel, but I see it in cultural, uh, cultural shift in being in the industry for so long now. The difference between me telling people what podcasts are to being like, oh, I listen to this and this and this and this and this podcast. Like everyone has like their top 10 podcasts that they love to listen to is the fact that, you know, people are craving authenticity right now specifically and our bullshitometers are so attuned um, because we are fed we are stimulated constantly that in a way when we're when you're on social media think about when you're on social media what you resonate with or can't you can tell fake 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 real really you can you can really and you know who you resonate with and podcasting because there are different there are many different formats but one of the most popular is long-form interviews Right? So what a long-form interview does is it gives people time. Think about when you feel rushed to answer a question or you know you only have a two-minute spot and you're like, how can I get everything that I feel and everything so succinctly into this one tight spot? Well, you can't. Right? So podcasting creates such a container for people to let their nervous system settle down, 
let them understand that no one's going to take the mic away from them. No, they, they, can, they can circle back on something. And also, it's a conversation, less of an interview. So that also what that does is put, puts people at ease, but also gives the ability to create connection with not only the interviewer, but with the listener. Like, I don't know about you, but I've been driving, listening to some of my favorite podcasts, and I actually chime in. Like, I think I'm a part of it. <laughs> They're hearing me or something. Like, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, or whatever, right? So just thinking about those are some of the reasons why you want to start a podcast. Another one is the listener has the ability to be a fly on the wall as well. So as acting coaches, and we're going to get a little bit into this in a little bit, but they have the ability to get to know you in a different setting. Right, as well as in, in in terms of it can really humanize you and make you more accessible and more three dimensional, as well, um, and and um, open people's opinions up about you as well. Um, it gives the ability to speak speak freely, um, and you know you have no idea. This is the other thing. Um, you know, as coaches, we experience this a lot. You have no idea the impact you're making in classroom, but you actually have no idea the impact you're making on someone out there listening as well. So we talk a lot about digital footprint in podcasting because it is a digital medium, right? So the, the cool thing about that is, you know, sometimes people will be like, they're like, oh, well, I, if, when you're first starting out, and you're like, oh, no, for 30, 40 listeners, this is my first episode, and then, you know, and they, because they, they see, in terms of social media, they see like someone have a million followers or a million likes or whatever that is. But I often encourage people to think, okay, if you had 30 people come audit your audit, audit your acting class or your voice, like you'd be creating two more classes probably, right? In order to accommodate. So to really understand that you are making an impact and to not get so hung up on the numbers, those will come, those will grow um, as you as you you know continue on. So that's another reason. Um, both Janet and I, um, I'm not going to speak for Janet, but myself, I've had, I've had people come up to me. I had no idea. Like, and I'm talking to like my friends, like I thought they were well, not listening to me. They're like, no, that episode really resonated with me, you know, and this, and I, and I've talked to my husband about this very thing and, da, 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 and now there's like a conversation. So I just, we tend to minimize our impact as humans is what I'm trying to say. And I encourage you to think about who you are and that your voice matters in a conversation. And that can be the scariest part of, of podcasting is taking a stance on something. Um, but it's much like something that when you dive in, you're like, oh, the water's, the water's actually not that cold. And when you first start, you may have low listenership. That's actually a blessing. Because you know when nobody's watching, you know what you can do? Like this and this. <laughs> like, you, know, you, feel, you feel freedom in that as well. So that is also, uh, also a blessing. And hey, you may have like thousands of listeners. I'm not saying that. But to not look at it as a deterrent, really. It is a, it is a way to stretch your arms, make mistakes as well. So that's another reason as to not deter you from podcasting and why podcasting. And also... As a side benefit, the relationships and opportunities that you create for yourself in those podcasts today, for example, uh, being one of those things, but the relationships that you create with guests. Um, I have another workshop coming up that has nothing to do with podcasting, to do with creativity in, um, in, uh, in September. 
that is uh, that is on the books that was from someone listening to I do solo round episodes so I do long form interviews and then I pop in with my artistic journey and things that I'm struggling with or learning about in my podcast that person listened to a couple episodes and was like hi right so you just don't know who you're going to connect with but also who you could collaborate with also artistically there are people that you will just like be a moth to a flame with and all of a sudden you're creating an artistic project together you know or this has happened to me multiple times you know who you need to talk to <laughs> you know and that's not the it's not the reason for starting but it's not it's not a, a terrible thing to have happen either right so just to to understand that the, the guest is not just a guest for the purpose of putting up the podcast you are building a relationship and i i, I don't want to use the term networking because that's really not what it feels like it feels like a, an intimate connection created in this really safe space. It doesn't, and that, as someone who struggles with networking, like, I'm having feelings about tonight's social thing, like at 7 p.m., I'm having feelings. I don't do well at networking, I'm just gonna say that, right? But podcasting is a way for me to feel comfortable in connecting because that's how Chelsea likes to connect. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So you have this ability to create a genuine connection with people that you may not have in a, in a setting like tonight. Yeah. I think we'll, we'll touch on that, that the why podcasting, I think, will vein through our whole chat today. Mm -hmm. um, but you, know, you really can't emphasize enough how authentic most long-form interview-based podcasts feel. And that is what is missing and unique, missing from the media environment today and unique to podcasting. If you think about your favorite podcasts, I mean, everyone's got different flavors that they like. But, you know, I was driving down from Sudbury this morning listening to Jane Fonda on Armchair Expert. Mm -hmm. And in an hour and a half long episode, Jane Fonda sat and chatted and shot the shit about everything. Not just promoting her new movie, which is what we think of when we think of interviews. We got, I got to know, feeling like I'm sitting in her living room, about her life her advocacy, her life as a feminist during the Vietnam War, her stepmom, her father, her cancer diagnosis. Like, she was able to sit and chat. I mean, it's Jane Fonda, right? She can chat forever. She's phenomenal. She's lived so many lives. But that authenticity just shone, shone through. And I think just tapping on, like, how things don't feel authentic right now, it's interesting. This is a personal thing that happened yesterday. I interviewed, I recorded Kim Hurden um, from Kim Hurden Casting Cage Casting yesterday on my podcast. And we were chatting about AI. And that's a big topic that we're talking about with the strikes and stuff down in the States. But, you know, AI being a very real thing that's happening. And she works very prominently in the world of video games. And voiceover? Oh my gosh, you can AI voices, no problem. But I think the biggest thing, and I remember in medical school, we were warned but also optimism was about how robots are gonna take your job as doctors. Just letting you know, right? But, and now it's like actors, robots are gonna take your jobs, Screen writers. But I think the biggest thing, and you said it perfectly, is the bullshitometer of people now is so fine to that, out of necessity's sake. I, I can tell if something has been AI'd. And I think people now are so nervous about that and they don't like it that uncanny valley of like ai headshots you can tell so people crave so much the dial to be turned the complete opposite direction because 
that is what we want and what was one missing during the pandemic time, but is what we're so, so, so craving just as human beings desperate for community these days. The bullshitometer of people is so much better than we think. We don't give ourselves enough credit, I think. The authenticity, can't exaggerate it enough. Um, so I want to talk a couple things about, a bit about stats. Yay, math. <laughs> but this is Jessie's doing because she sent me this amazing study that was done in 2022 on Canadian podcast listeners and it was fascinating fascinating um, correct me on some of the numbers but there was one big startling thing that came through that I was looking at online and it was something along the lines of like let's say there are like 2 million podcasts in the world there are right uh uh, yeah, by I think they said something like uh, by the end of twenty twenty three, there's going to be one hundred and sixty million podcasts. One hundred and sixty million podcasts. Wow. Wait for it. Yeah. Good news is coming. Good news is coming. No <laughs> um, You want want to start one? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but just just as an offshoot, before I get to the Canadian stats, which are so exciting, um, you got all these podcasts that start over. Like, I think it was over 90% of them will stop by episode eight or nine. Yeah, but I, most only create three. Most only create three. That's it. So you just gotta outlast 90%. those. It's just like acting, right? You just gotta outlast the people Four who are there. Or gone, right? Yeah. Four and you're gone, yeah. Yeah. and then you're done. And then sit back and let the listeners roll up. <laughs> stats go even more dramatically down most like it's like 99.9% of podcasts don't go beyond episode 21 yeah right so and I think if you were to niche that down to acting instruction tips podcast there is as somebody who came into this four years ago desperate for podcasts on my commute about acting there were like none there were maybe two or three now there's a bit more but there are people craving that knowledge that you can give them. And so with Canadian stats, more than half of Canadian adults have listened to a podcast. That's in 2022. And that's incredible. The highest demographic of listeners is between the age of 18 and 34. So young, keen, affluent, they're usually high income earners and they're diverse more non-Europeans, identified non-Europeans, listen to podcasts than Europeans. Then the lowest is in, people identify as indigenous. And the theory behind that is because people, especially if you are a first-generation immigrant or an immigrant to this country, you don't want the news speaking at you for your knowledge. You want to be able to have the diverse selection of podcasts, and you want to have people that you identify with that you can pick from as opposed to like the voice of God on CNN telling you that this is what is important, right? It's, you know, and also the craving of knowledge about the community you now live in. Um, so podcasts offer these choices. They're so diverse. And interestingly enough, it'll be interesting to see this shift that keeps on happening. Like where do people listen to podcasts? The first instinct is always like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm on my commute. Sure. That was, that was, that's probably the second highest, but most people listen to it at home because there's a comfort level at home. People listen because they want to feel comfortable where they are, right? And that, again, that's the authenticity. They want to feel like they're in the living room with the people they're talking with. They're doing dishes and they can, right? 
the interest, another interesting, more businessy side of things is that podcasts are one of the rare things now that people who listen are actually more receptive to advertising because especially if the podcast host says the ad, right? And so this is really attractive to potential advertisers. It's one of the rare things now that people are like, skip, skip, skip. Um, so just interesting, some stats that have come forward about how popular podcasts are, and it is not going down. In fact, it's going up. And the need and the demand and the crave from, from listeners is shooting up. So the people want more and are still saying, there's not enough out there. All right, there's not enough of what I want to listen to. Give me more true crime. I want another serialized true crime. What's next, right? There's people are saying, I still want more. More, 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 more. I just want to add on to that. That's brilliant. Um, just in terms of uh, platforms. Uh, so Spotify is the largest now. It's overtaken Apple. As I think it's because there's more Androids in the world than there are Apples. Uh, but Apple is the, the second as well as um, YouTube. YouTube has become a, a larger player in the, the podcast game as well. So um, if you're thinking, oh, I, I'm not an Apple user, it's not, you know, because it does get associated with that because that's how podcasts started, right? It was on, was on um, Apple platforms, but uh, it's going strong on, uh, on Spotify and Spotify has, has overtaken uh, Apple podcasts. So I just thought I would m mention that as well because sometimes people can... The divide between Android and iPhone can be real, so I like to, to let people know that as well. So we're going to talk a bit about what uh, we personally think makes a good podcast host. Okay, so these are Zoom, Zoom hi Zoom people. I feel like I have to say hi to you every once in a while, um, but um, these are our opinions. These are based on our experiences, and they're also based on what we like to listen to as well. And these are also based on our own trial and error and, and boo-boos that we've made as well, okay? So this isn't about being perfect and this isn't, I just don't want this to become a conversation around you're bad if you do this and you're good if you do that, yeah? Okay? These are just things that we've noticed and learned as we've, as we've grown in the industry. So um, personally for me, um, what makes a good podcast interview <laughs> or, or a good podcast is something that right off the bat is engaging and feels like the host cares about me. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but it's true. Why do you listen? Because the host cares about what it is that the content's coming in towards me, right? So not that they care about me personally, but they care about the subject matter that I care about and they care themselves passionately about it. So therefore I'm in good hands. Does that make sense? So that is, that's why I, I drill home, like talk about what, you are passionate about because it's just it's it's magnetic right something that's sustainable guys I'm not kidding like people get so worried about niching down you know niching down niching down niching down niching down and then they're like oh, I'm not only gonna have 10 listeners that care about this right no like there are podcasts out there that are just about like cuisine in Montreal you know what I mean, you know what I mean? Like, like that niche down right there are people guess what visit Montreal around the world that want to know about the cuisine in Montreal, right? So, so just just try to not get in that trap. For instance, so my podcast specifically is about creativity, about how artists deal with their, um, uh, 
their creative living, how they take risks, how they get back up, um, the funny things that happen to us as artists, how can we unlock our creativity as artists, and how can we literally unburden and free ourselves to be bigger than life, to reach our full potential, right? So that's what's, but if you were to say, oh, I'm an acting coach, so I should, I should be talking about, does anyone hear that? I'm, I'm an acting coach, so I should be talking about acting tech, right? Or no, if you're not passionate about it, like for me, like talking about, like say for me, like talking about film, no, that's not, no thanks, no, I don't want it. I know, I like it, it, like I'm just kind of having an allergic reaction. I was thinking about it, sitting there and listening to someone being like, well, on set, I'm like, you know, but someone else could love that and like it, and I would actually listen to it because they care about it. And I'm like, I don't have to hold space for that because that's not what Chelsea is. It's not what I do. That's not my sauce. Like, this is not what I do, you know? So just really trusting that what it is that you're passionate about, people do care about. And that is like the core of what will make you a good host. That is like at the core. So don't negate it and don't negate your passion or your idea. Yes, it needs to be flushed out, which we're going to talk about in a second. But that that is um, that is like my number one thing that I will talk. That's why I didn't go forward with the leadership thing. So I was like, oh, well, I'm going to have to do this for a long time. <laughs> I just realized that before I started, right? And I'm so glad that I didn't go forward because I would have been Fakey McFakerson, you know, the whole time. I would have been. I would have been. And it would have been tiring and exhausting, right? And no one would have wanted to listen, right? But I do deal with themes of leadership within what I'm doing. But I was just, like, counting the whole artist part out, which was, like, literally chopping my arm off, right? So um, what else did I want to say? I think, I think that's it. Yeah. What about for you? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing for me is... When I listen to some of my early episodes, I, you know, and I think about report cards I had when I was young, and it was, Janet's really bossy. <laughs> and when I listen to some of my early episodes, I had an agenda, because I was like, these are great questions. <laughs> and it's going to make me look like I'm a great host, and I need to get all these questions it doesn't matter what the person has to say, but I'm just like, yeah, but tell me about this, right? You know, I want, I, I had the agenda and I was pushing it. Mm-hmm. And I can hear it in my early episodes. Mm-hmm. And it's not like it was bad, right? It was received really well. There's like, we had great, I, I, I would say we had a great conversation. No, it wasn't a conversation. <laughs> it, was, it was a great interview, right? But what it was missing was conversation, right? Which is what I love about podcasts. My favorite podcasts are ones where I feel the ease from the interviewer, and that is a skill that does not come naturally to me personally. I feel the ease. I feel like the interviewer's not trying to trap the guest into saying something and be like, ha, caught you, right? Would you feel that from the news? Me personally, when I watch the news now, which is why I refuse to watch it, because they're trying, it's like any type of Fox News or anything is trying to just be like, he, 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 got you, you said something bad on this, blah, blah, and now we're going to talk about that, naughty, right? But the, I love the ease that some interviewers give the guest, and that's what I feel, and again, that's the authenticity that comes through, but also, if the guest says something to me that or anywhere in a podcast, but to me personally, 
that I either disagree with or doesn't go with like my type A science personality of like, this is how the experiment's supposed to go. Oh God, the flow. <laughs> we, it's fine. We go through it. Or if there's a disagreement, it doesn't make me arch my back up like a cat. Kind of what we were talking about this morning, a lot of our panels, but people like having students who maybe disagree with you, that's okay. It doesn't mean that they are against you and everything you stand for. If there's an excitement that that's now a jumping off point to start a really great discussion, that is so exciting. It's not defense mode, but I think there's that comfort of a podcast environment that allows your guests to feel comfortable saying, you know what, I'd rather talk about this, or I don't agree with that. And then the guest, of the, sorry, the host, myself, now goes, let's do it. There's that ease, there's that conversation, that back and forth that I love so much about podcasting. And it's so unique, so unique to the podcast. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's like our pers- personal opinions. And then we were going to talk a little bit about like what, you know, podcasting has has given given us essentially as hosts um you know or you know to bring up this discussion of monetization you know people um the first question i'm not kidding like the very first question people ask but how do you make money right and i get it i totally get it um so i look at my podcast as a lead generator Okay, so in sales speak, that's like people listen, they flow through. I uh, it builds my it builds my credibility because people can see I'm I'm not a bullshitter, you know, <laughs> for lack of a better word. But so what what ends up happening is I end up gaining students from that indirectly. I end up uh, being asked to do workshops as well. So even though although this is slightly changing now. Um, I am not necessarily making money from advertisers. I am monetizing. And you get to decide how you want to do that, right? So I I encourage you to look at, it is also, as an artist, a write-off, right? Expense. It It is part of your life as an artist. So I also encourage people to understand that and the taxes that go around that. But it is. It's part and parcel of your your role your role in in artist business and career. So absolutely. Um, if someone you know is we're talking a bit about you know creating opportunities and have a passion to build. If for example I was interested in taking an acting class and I was listening to an acting coach's podcast, well, wouldn't it be great before I went to that acting coach's podcast or school? I'm like, oh, I've been listening to them for like six months. Like I feel already, like I know them, like they're credible. Like, okay, there's there, there's a little less uh, work that actually the coach kind of has to do to, to warm people up as well, like to get that familiarity going. You're kind of letting people know what you're all about and you will attract, guess what? The people that want that, right? That, that resonate with you. And it's not that I'm saying you don't want, you want everyone in your tribe or tribalism, that's not what I'm talking about. But that people want, that want to, want to learn from you and with you. So they're already, in sales terms, a warm lead, right? Okay? So that's, that's uh, another reason to host, but it's also part of, part of being a good host is, is understanding the, the business parts of it as well and what's available to you, right? So understanding that you're creating 
the show and the kind of monetization and the kind of advertisers that you want to align yourself with too. That's really, really important if you do decide to go that route, right? So thinking about that as well. Anything you want to add to that? Yeah, just I think about there's a very real psychological phenomenon um, uh, called a parasocial relationship, which came about during the pandemic. Um, and it's the feeling of if you, and I'll, put, I'll say the podcast as an example, um, I've had people come up to me, I've never met them before, and they know all about me because I talk about it on my podcast and they're like, oh my God, like you're in my living room every Friday, right? And that, so this is something called a parasocial relationship where you've been listening to these people, they've been in your ear on your hikes while you're doing dishes. I feel like I know Dax Shepard, the armchair expert, better than I know my father sometimes, <laughs> right? But this, and this, this is a very real phenomenon and there are negative side effects to it, of course. People, you know, people being like, I know you so well. I'm like, never met you in my life. Okay. Um, but I think especially in a community like this, where nine times out of 10 people are beautiful and wonderful, they have already, you have given them, you have a relationship with them. They feel like they have a relationship with you. And it's pretty authentic, right? Because you're just shooting the shit with somebody on the podcast. Mm -hmm. They feel like they're there. They've already had a conversation with you. They've seen who you are. And it's not fake. It's not like you're being interviewed, like you are saying, on breakfast television, right? Where there's a very performative aspect to it. Podcasting takes that element away. Just like you were mentioning, Chelsea, about because of time, right? You have that time and the walls are gonna come down. So I think that's been a really great thing for me. And again, I'll always, I always laugh saying, people ask me like, how much money are you making from your podcast? I'm like, I'm literally hemorrhaging money. And we'll go into the cost of what it is. Like this is a hobby for me, right? Yeah, sure, I've done, I've had a couple people say, I'd love to advertise my acting classes on your podcast. I'm like, absolutely, if I believe in you and your acting classes and your coaching techniques, I will have you advertise, sure. Um, you know, I've had financial people who I use myself that will advertise, but community theaters and stuff like that. But um, it's really difficult to make money as a podcaster. But I think also I choose to make it difficult because I, again, the authenticity piece, right? I think that's that's more important to me than you know making making money. Yeah. <laughs> so we can talk about the basics that you need to start a podcast. It's a little expensive. <laughs> so I think it's relative. Like I, I really do. Like for myself, I was like coming from the from a vocal uh, world as well. Like and having been in recording studios, I was like my number one barrier, you guys, to the your podcast was, oh my god, I'm in recordings. Like I'm not <laughs> like I, I was stuck in like the '90s <laughs> in my head. So I pictured like, oh my gosh, this is I'm. I'm I'm going to take a loan out. Like that's like honestly what my brain was, was doing. And what you honestly need is you need a laptop. You need a microphone. We'll talk. I, I use um, a Blue Yeti. What do you use? I use a Rode, yeah, uh, Rode. microphone. Yeah. That's a, like I, uh, no, I can't remember what it is. But I have like a little. Um, it's not a USB mic. Has an yeah, 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 absolutely. So um, that and, you, and you're going to need some uh, digital tools like a media host. Okay, we'll talk a little bit about what this is because it's the one thing that I was like, I don't understand what a media host does or is, and it feels very, really like, what is happening to me. Um, so a media host is simply a place in which your podcast lives. Okay, think of it like a central hub. And you upload each one of your episodes to the media host, and that media host then goes pew, and it sends it to all the different platforms. So to Spotify, 
to the ones that you want it to. You can set those where, where you want it to go. Like if you didn't want it for some reason on Spotify, you can do that. Um, but so uh, it'll send it to all those different um, things. So you're not, because that's the other thing, you're like, oh my gosh, i got to upload to all these places. No, no, no. You, you upload it to one media host, you get an RSS feed, you get a um, digital download link as well uh, that you can have live on your website if you want to build a media player there to house all your podcasts so it's not just on the media host. That is available to you. And then within media hosts, I like to think of them like different telephone companies. You know how you have, you have Rogers, you have Bell, you have uh, AT&T, you have all these different Telus, you have all these different um, options. Well, media hosts is similar. So you have Libsyn is the one that I use, L-I-B-S-Y-N. So Libsyn, there's uh, Podbean, there's SoundCloud, there is... Buzzsprout. Yeah, <laughs> so many. Blueberry, I think, is one um, as well. Um, and there are different benefits to each one. And you're going to, you know, as you come across them, I, I'm not going to recommend which one because it's going to be what works for you. So, for example, they'll have different plans. Libsyn has a really great um, statistic uh, back office. So I can see, like, a lot of them do, but I just find Libsyn's really comprehensive. So that's one reason why I like it. I can see what country, how many people listen in what country. Like, I can really see it pictorially as well, not just digitally. Um, so I really like the stats that Libsyn's give, Libsyn gives. And also within each different media host, there are different packages, like cell phone packages, if you will. So for example, if you're going to do a podcast, you're like, I'm in it to win it, I'm doing four a week or something, and you're going to release, like, and that's going to be your full-time gig, then you're going to need a lot of storage on that media host, okay? Because the uploading causes uh, an ability to, or you need the ability to store on there. So obviously you're gonna need a higher plan. You're gonna spend a little bit of uh, more money, right? But if you're doing once a month, then you could probably use your lowest plan, right? So just to give you an idea that it does vary, um, I think Libsyn's highest plan, just so you know what we're looking at, is like 30 bucks a month. It's not like, again, like I was thinking I needed to, to go get a small business loan to start a podcast. Um, okay, so, um, that's one thing that we really wanted to touch on today because that is something that um, felt to me when I started, like what, how do you even start a thing, right? And then on your most programs now, like at least Apple, I don't know, I haven't been a Windows user for a really long time, but um, Apple comes with GarageBand built in. Another one uh, is Audacity. I think it's free. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's free and you can use it on any platform, like any um, operating system. So uh, to record on, and in terms of, is there anything you wanted to add to that part? I was going to talk a bit about editing, but. Sure. Well, yeah. So I, I also do. Yes. Yeah, so I think the most important reason why people turn off a podcast is bad sound. Mm -hmm. Does not write. Always. Always. So it doesn't matter what people are talking about, but if you're hearing, if the sound quality is crummy, people will turn it off. So it doesn't matter how great you are. Yeah. Right. Case in point, there's one listener gone, right? So <laughs> case in point, you could have Barack Obama on your podcast. People won't listen if the sound quality is crap. So I think that's where the good investment is a quiet space and a great microphone. You cannot, like, that's the most important thing. And um, so I'm a Windows user. I use Audacity to edit my audio. Um, I also have a video podcast. The reason being, and this is changing, I looked it up, um, a lot of my guests are beginning actors, newer into this world. They're like, do I get an IMDb credit? Yes because I have video content. 
right? So I've, I do a video, I record video, and I use it, um, there's a whole bunch of just like Podbean and all that stuff. Yeah. So many video podcast services out there. I use something called Riverside FM. I'm not paid by that company. <laughs> I wish I was. Um, but I just found it, find they have really good customer service, which I need sometimes. I'm like, I don't know how to work this. But what it does is it records way better than Zoom video and audio that you can pull apart the guest audio, my audio, it records locally for people. So you get high quality video, high quality audio. There's an editing system that's already intertwined in Riverside. I don't use it because I edit on um, Adobe Premiere, um, but I edit my audio on Audacity. So Riverside is what I use for video. Um, again, because right now, IMDB, you can give your guests an IMDB credit. And that means a lot to a lot of guests. Podcasts will now soon, probably in 2024, be a part of IMDb. So even audio podcasts will get credit. Um, the one thing I will say that I also have is I spend a little bit on, um, like I have a very structured form that I sent out, send out to people um, with like, you know, saying, please sign up for a interview date. So I have that all standardized. So it's not like we're Same. playing tag back and forth. It's like, there's a, something called Calendly calendar online that you just say, here's my Calendly link. And you find a time that works for you and you pick it, right? And bloop, it up, updates my Google calendar, right? So they all do it, standardize that. And I think that I actually is professional. Yeah, yeah, I actually, it'll, it'll, up here, professionalism as a host, this is all part of what makes a good host. So how you how you represent yourself before the podcast is really important. And we'll talk about guesting as well in a little bit. But yeah, I use a, something called Acuity. She uses Calendly, I use something called Acuity. Um, and it's a, it's a form template that they fill, they get a link, a booking link. And also, it's not just, a, it is a professionalism thing, but it will make your life so much easier, oh my God, you guys. Yeah. When I first started, I was chasing down artists left, right, and center for their bios and their headshots and their, um, your episode's releasing in like tomorrow and you still don't have your headshot and I'm on Canva trying to put your headshot into a, you know, like, because I can't put the episode out on my website without a picture and other, like, all of that sort of stuff. So what you're doing is you're creating a boundary space that requires respect when you have that link and you're creating for yourself, like they don't fill out the link, they don't get an interview. It's that simple. And um, I mean, you might have to do some poking at to get the link, but at least you're not ch to, to fill out the form, but at least you're not chasing people down for um, their bits and bobs or little pieces that you that you will need ultimately to release the episode. Yeah, that's, I, <laughs> I can't stress that enough how that has been a game changer uh, for me in the last few years. Acuity, A C U I T Y, and I use yeah, Calendly, like Calendly. Acuity, I N D L Y, Calend, like calendar, but Calendly. Yeah, Acuity, I think is around fifteen dollars a month. Calendly is free for a certain amount of like time. Basically. Yeah, I think Acuity has a free version. Yeah, and I think uh, also just on a, a bonus. You know, you don't have to, it's not like you just have to use it for your podcast. You can use it for other things in your life as well. So it does have multi-purpose use, um, but it does make your life a lot easier so that you can focus on what you do best, which is the, the podcast itself. Because when you get bogged down by the administration and that sort of work, I can tell you the passion for your podcast goes <laughs> like this. 
<laughs> and that is where AI can be very helpful. <laughs> AI was created for creatives to be more creative, to do all the stuff that mean that is boring. <laughs> Not to take away our creativity, right. but to do the things that I don't want to do so I can be more creative, yes? <laughs> Yes, yeah, so I read a couple things. We're talking about editing the podcast, right? So when I first started, I would edit on Audacity, which is a free, open source, wonderful um, audio editor. And I got really good at the waveform of somebody going, um, and like, 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 and I would edit out all of them until I realized this is very stupid. What I'm taking out the authenticity of this beautiful human being in their conversation. Um, but I do, and I, I'll, just as a caveat, I do let my guests know that I edit their podcast and that creates ease, right? I tell them, if you start answering a question and you say, oh shoot, can I go back and restart? Restart? Just say it. Even if we're recording, who cares? None of this is live. I'm going to go back and edit that and they go, whew, right? And so, I think, yeah, so editing. So I, um, you can... <laughs> Like I said, we're saying the sound is really key. There are some people who just, you cannot get good sound quality from guest-wise, right? You can control your sound quality, but most of my podcasts are all If you're doing online. Online, which is what I do. I live up in Sudbury. Um, and so there are great AI things that have now come that will fix your audio. Sorry, sound editors. That is the robot taking your job. Um, Adobe just had a new one that a new one that's come out. Adobe Sound Enhance. It's free. You put it in, and it fixes it. It changes all the levels. Gets rid of your static. There's also something called Ophonic, AU Phonic, which again is AI, but it will make everything sound like you're recording in a really expensive recording studio. Also, I just I'm writing that right now. I just got introduced, and there's probably a myriad of them out there, something called CapShow. Cap, C-A-P-S-H-O. So there's something in the podcast world called show notes. And what that is, it's like a summary of your podcast. A lot of times the people talk about the words that you use in your show notes really help with your optimization in a search engine, search SEO, search engine optimization. So people can find you, so little keywords, buzzwords. Also, there are things called time codes. So if people are like, ooh, at five minutes, Janet and Louis Baumander talk about his time with Keanu Reeves when he played Hamlet, I want to listen to that. They click on it and it goes in that, and your podcast goes right to that time frame. Um, there is AI that will do these for you now. It will listen to your podcast. It will take everything, make a lovely summary. It will write a blog post for you if you want. It'll give you your time stamps for some really from the interesting parts that the robot thinks were interesting so you do have to do your own little editing but if that's not what you're interested in doing if you're not a writer like myself i hate writing that's what i love the robots to do for me because i love the podcasting part and i like editing but i don't like writing stuff for people to find me and so that's where i've i found something like cat show to be really really helpful yeah well i'm just curious and you may not be able to answer this, but how does the bot do that? Like it's just doing like voice to text. Trends. Yes, yeah. So on Riverside as well too. I was laughing because I was recording yesterday, and it uh, it does a live transcription of you, and that's great for um, audio, and audio and right for inclusion as well too. You know, I had a, I had a guest on my podcast who's hard of hearing, and so that's really important to have complete transcription of your podcast. Um, but it was live time. Um, you know, doing my transcription voice into uh, text. And even when I went, 
it said, Janet McMorty clears throat. And then ah. yeah, I'm like, yep, I sure did. And um, what you can also do is it can f- sense the ums if you want, and it goes, guess goes, uh, and it can take it out. I love the Me too. I love the us. I love, because that's authentic, right? That's people's, people's voice. I have this lovely character after coming up who's in The Mandalorian. He's got vocal tics. He's like, you can edit those out if you want. Are you kidding me? That's what makes you you. Right? That makes it you. Um, yeah. So I just want to touch on, a, um, and guys, we're going to give you our, I, well, I can't speak for Janet, but I'm going to give you my email after this. And if there's anything that, like, like just email me and I can, yeah, and we will help you out. Okay? Yeah. So I know there's a lot of information here. But just talking a bit about the soft skills of, of, of podcast hosting as well. Like, we've talked a bit about, like, the back end, the, the equipment and, you know, niching down and, and making it your own, but also just some of the things that we have kind of realized as we've gone along as hosts. Um, you know, you get what you give, right? So if you're, my show specifically requires a certain level of vulnerability. And it's not that you have to, you have to open up everything, but open up your heart so that you're, you're bleeding on the floor. However, to create a safe space for a guest to feel like they can open up to you, if you're withholding and you're, mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm, and they just like opened up to you, um, that can feel like you've taken something from them. So as an interviewing um, technique, oftentimes you'll hear, you know, uh, not, uh, not just on my show, but on, on very popular podcasts, you know, people will share their own experience and you think, what the heck, why are you sharing this? It's not about you. It's not, you know, <laughs> that sort of thing. But that's actually can be an interview technique as well, because when you give a little of yourself, your guest goes, oh, okay, you showed me yours, I'll show you mine. Right. So, so just to, to understand that you, it, it really is, your guest will only open up to the level of vulnerability that you're willing to open up to. Like that is that that is something that I found tried and true, and I've I've done two hundred, getting close to two hundred forty episodes now. Can yeah. I ask a question? Yes. Yeah. Is yeah. that um, I call that disarming when you just like disarm your guests so they're comfortable? Yeah. Do you do that for fifteen minutes before you start to on the mic? Good question. So I always like how much depends. So sometimes I'll have a guest on my show that I I know, <laughs> I know very well. I'm like, oh hey, da, da, da. we have like like oh da, da, da. You know, how's your kid's soccer game or when I you know I'm talking to them about something in their life, not even you know we're just connecting. I uh, like that for myself, and I also if I'm meeting like for example I'm interviewing someone on Monday who I've never met, who I, I now have an assistant who does a lot of my booking for me. Um, so, uh, I always, like, I always give approval of the booking before they book them. Like, I know who's coming on and I, I, that, which is part of another thing of being a guest, like, do you, or a host, do your research on your guest before they come on. Um, even in terms of inviting, I don't just mean, like, before they come on for your interview questions, right? Like, know who you're having on, um, is, is important. Uh, but, um, yeah, I will, I will take about, um, 10-ish minutes, no more, because then you start getting into the interview. All of a sudden you're like, no, this is so good, I wish I was in the interview, do you know what I mean? 
So, so just um, understanding that you, because they're going to start, they might start opening up about things. There have been times where I'm like, dang it, I wasn't recording that. Yeah. You know, and also I have to tell, like, I'm going to tell them that I'm recording, right? So just, yeah, like a, a little touch base, a little how, how are you doing? I also um, run through how the interview is going to go. So your job as the host is to create a safe container, like a, a container, a boundary space so the person knows. Like, for instance, I always say at the end of the podcast, I'm going to say goodbye, but I'm not going to leave. I'm going to say a proper goodbye after. That's up to you whether you want to do that or not. It just feels weird to me to be like, okay, bye. We just had this intimate experience. <laughs> you know, I feel the need to have a checkout with my, with my guest as well. And it also for, for the guest gives them a chance to, if there's something happened or what ha- it's their time to like, let me know that, you know, um, and also to thank them. And I let them know at the end of the interview, this is when your interview will be airing. I just remind them. I just kind of close it. You know, this is when it, I will be sending you all the links. There's nothing for you to do. I will, uh, I will be posting and tagging you when that comes out. So feel free to share all that sort of stuff, you know, just making them feel like, and celebrating what we just did as well. I celebrate every guest at the end because I actually am usually pretty jazzed up anyway. Um, the other thing um, is, <laughs> you know, you touched on this earlier. You're not trying to catch people in things, you know, um, if, it depends on the kind of show you're running. If you are a very, you know, you like confrontation, like there are shows that are like that. They have people with opposing views and they want to spar. And that's totally great. I love some of those shows because it makes me think, right? As a listener, like if you're thinking of Jon Stewart or, you know, different people like that, I love those shows. That's not who I am, you know? So knowing what your comfort level is as a host and what kind of host you want to be and what makes you want to run out of an interview with your hair on fire versus what makes you feel like you're going to give your best and bring the guest, uh, best out of the guest. But um, yeah, it, being genuinely curious versus like, so that's the difference between the disarming and the vulnerability. Mm. Being genuinely curious about who's there as opposed to like leading them on with a question and then being like, in a way, gotcha. You know what I, you know what I mean? There's a, there's, a, there's a fine line, but um, that also helps with them sharing something to, for helping the guests feel seen, right? In and after they've shared something vulnerable or validating their experience or going, oh, that's interesting. I never thought of it that way, right? To not just let when someone share something with you, <laughs> To just kind of let it hang out there, like in the air, like, you know, it's your, you are the ambassador, right? Of the guest. You are. Um, And this person has has been gracious enough to give you their time, right? Um, This is a, a, you know, this got mentioned in our last workshop. Um, Not, not our last workshop, but the workshop I took prior to this was cancel culture. Got brought up. And I think it's worth uh, talking about in the podcasting space. One, because as a host, you're going to make boo-boos because you're evolving and you're growing. And I think as long as you're saying you're evolving and you're growing, because, for example, I do solo episodes where I come on and I I talk and I share, like, really intimate things that I'm working on as an artist, as a human, what I'm learning. And uh, I always, I try to, within those episodes, say, (laughs) I'm learning, I'm growing. I think if you create that space for yourself, that's, it's when, it's when you don't have that, um, growth mindset or that, um, telling or letting the audience know that you're evolving. I think people are more than willing to allow for you to make boo-boos when you know you make them. 
right? And I think as acting coaches and as teachers, you, you guys know that as well, right? Like with your students, right? When you're able to, to, to own your own messes that you make and you're not perfect, that the, the podcasting world is no different. Also flip side of that, we were talking about this, Jim and I, with, uh, with guesting. You are not responsible for the reputation of your guest. Sometimes you'll have a guest on, you'll have a great experience. Like six months later, you're like, uh, they just got canceled. Like, you know, canceled. But you know what I mean? Or they, something came out that you don't align with or that you wouldn't support now. And it's not your, res- your responsibility to take responsibility for who they are. Is that di- or what? Is there any liability? No. It might, like it, if you bring up something and someone goes and tries your idea and tries your idea, if you have, well, if case, you're talking about mm-hmm. uh, if you're talking about something personal mm-hmm. and someone chimes in and they were like, oh, I'm going to do exactly what you suggested that you did for yourself. Is there any liability there? For- no, because I think it's I think it's why they know that podcasting is a discussion. Mm-hmm. It's not you're uh, you're not. Um, depending on the type of podcaster, you know, someone like Esther Perel, I don't know if you know who she is, but she has a podcast that uh, would have liability attained to it and that people would sign off before they would allow their information out. So Esther Perel is a relationship and sex therapist and she actually records her sessions with people and they opt to put them on the podcast. So she would be giving advice in that scenario. It's a, it's a phenomenal podcast. Highly recommend. Mm-hmm. I, uh, she's my she's my crush forever. Um, Say your name again. Esther Perel. Yeah, she has a really good book called The State Mate, of Affairs and Mating in Captivity. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, but the, no no, if you're going to be giving an advice or you're counseling someone or coaching, I think the same liability the liability factor becomes when you put that public and they have to be okay with that. Yeah. Well, okay. I think, sorry to drop, um, no, no. you can also, there are documents out there and it's, they're easy to find just with a hmm. Google. You can have your guests sign off, but also you can disclaim at the beginning, right? A lot of podcasts, especially once they join podcasting networks have to do that. I know I have to do that just knowing that my medical license is not in any way, shape or form involved with my podcast, right? You know, I'm still a practicing medical physician under the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario. And so I can't privately practice. There's a lot of, so I have to say that this is for entertainment purposes only. I'm not giving medical advice. And that's that's fine, right? Like you can do that. You can disclaim and uh, say a disclaimer at the beginning of your podcast. I just have a little one recorded and I go, bip. Yeah, I I would also like to add to that quickly. I do have a form on Acuity. So there are forms you can find online. I have a form that people have to check before they can come on, but I'm allowed to use any audio that I choose, their, uh, and their, their photos, etc., for promotional purposes. And people, it's a block, box they can click. It doesn't need to be like this big thing, mm-hmm. you know, that you just have and you know it's there. Is that helpful? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Thank great. Um, okay, so we have to like speed through. We're oh, like, shoot. yeah, yeah. Okay. So, okay. There's so much with this, but like there's so much to know, guys. Um, okay, but we wanted to do an exercise with you. Um, and then we'll get into guesting right after that. But we're going to take five minutes. So I just want you to partner up with with someone in the room. And we're going to practice. So, okay. Oh my gosh, we're an even number. I know, I checked, oh, I checked before we started. Wow. So yes, even and so if you're online, if you're on Zoom, what I want you to do is just write down the sentence and just journal your own answer. 
because I want you to take this exercise from a slant of how do I feel about this and look at it as an opportunity to go, oh, how niched down can I get about this question and what I think about it? How kind of narrow can you get in your vision with these questions? Um, okay, so we're gonna try, we're gonna give you two, two and a half-ish min minutes to answer and then we'll give you another question and then that person will answer. Let's pick one person to be the interviewer first. First, yeah, so hand up interviewer. Amazing. And then yes, hand up. And then we're going to switch is what I'm saying. We'll give you a different question so that you don't get to prepare. Okay? So the first question is, what is one diamond in the rough that has come out of the pandemic experience for you? So interviewer, you can ask that question to your guest. What is one diamond in the rough experience that has come out of the pandemic experience for you? I'm curious. What are these diamonds in the rough that may have come from person on you as an artist or in your life and why? Again, for Zoom, 
Who has been the most inspiring and influential person in your life as an artist and why? So, you know, just to carry on with that, I was saying, I'm going to turn the business to the business. I'm going to ask you to do the question. I'm going to ask And then I heard the question a second time, and there was a delay in me trying to find the answer, mm-hmm. and me feeling like, 
shit, 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 that's dead air. Mm -hmm. Like, trained instead of being allowed to think of the answer. Genuinely, I felt like I had to create the answer. Ah, interesting. So, what, what's so Which cool... I not doing. Yeah, what's so cool about podcasting is not having to worry about that. You don't have to worry about it. You can take as long that, that's, as you want. That's one of the beauties of podcasting is when you're being interviewed... Also to know from a host, now that you've experienced that, to go, oh, my guests might be experiencing this, right? Because mm -hmm. I felt it, right? Mm -hmm. But also is, is going, that can be edited out. Like that giant Mack truck that just went through here. Can, that's just, convoy. That's just, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just snip, snip, snip. And also yeah. to, to the pressure that we put on ourselves to have things to know right away. To, to, to go, I need to know this answer right away. To, yeah. Oh, no, I can actually, let me just, have you know. And, and I do have guests say, like, you know, let me think about that for a second. Yes, which is something And, <laughs> right. But when we're being interviewed, we're like, I, I have to know the answers right away. And that's part of the beauty of podcasting. Mm -hmm. I think one of the big things that I noticed when I first started, when I taught, when I trained myself to do, and it's a, probably an acting technique, don't need that, is when my guest is talking, but also it's a, as a podcast guest, to when there's silence, take a full deep breath in and a full exhale out until they, to see if they have anything more to say. Either you as the host or you as the guest. Because yeah, that urge to fill. That urge mm -hmm. to fill, right? Because I'm still learning that. Of course, right? It's, it, we naturally get excited and we want to talk about things, but there is no urgency. There's time and there's an ease to that. And like you were saying, it's it's hard to kind of unlearn a wee bit. You're like, oh, I can just sit and enjoy this conversation with someone who's interested me in me, and I'm interested in them. So, in terms of finished time versus recorded time, what, what is that? Obviously, it'll depend on the guests yeah. and the topic. But like, what kind of range are we talking in terms? Of so, um, I'll, I'll give my view. So, I generally say to a guest, I block off two hours. Okay. Not because our interview is two hours. Our interview is usually, I say, listen, our interview is going to go give or take about an hour. I obviously let it wind down naturally. I don't cut us off at the hour mark. But that's generally my interviews are between 50 minutes and an hour and 15. And that's the beauty. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But that's the cool thing is you as the host. You know, maybe you, your concept for a show is like, as many questions in 30 seconds, go. Boop, 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 boop. And that could be really fun, you know, and just like top of mind. And, and that's because podcasting can be for learning. It can be for education. It can be for entertainment. It can be uh, for so many different reasons, right? And people need podcasts in their life for different reasons. Like I know for me, I can listen to the same guest, but I'm like, but I want to hear Conan interview them. Because <laughs> it's going to be fun, you know? And then I'm like, but then I want to hear this person interview them because I'm going to get the heart of, you know? So different vibes and length of time is totally dependent on your, your interview style and you as a person. Because again, sustainability. If sitting with someone for an hour, an hour and a half makes you like, oh, I, I ta I'm finding my battery goes at 30 minutes. Then on, I think for me, I would honor that because I'm going to be able to do that long term. But for 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 who I am, I like like an hour to an hour fifteen because I'm just like the more I can learn from you, the more I can understand you, the more I get filled up. So I think that's a, a personal question that you have to ask yourself, and also you'll find over time. Yeah. And it's also a little bit determined by format as well. Is that helpful? 
I block out an hour for my interviews. I don't do intros and outros. I record those later, and that also helps with a sense of ease for the guest. Especially people who are new to this industry, you just click record, you say action, they go and authenticity goes out the window until you can ease them into it, right? So what I do is I we chat about what's going to go on. I say I'm going to click record. Nothing's going to change. We're going to keep shooting the shit. I talk about soccer. I talk about the weather, real estate prices. It's recording. Right? Who cares? You can edit that out. It doesn't matter, right? Just doesn't just because you clicked record doesn't mean you're wasting tape, right? So then the interview starts to flow, right? And it's the same with if I say okay, inter- goodbye, interview's over. We talk. They start spewing more gold out of their mouth, as usually happens, and they go, "Why weren't we recording this?" I'm like, "Do you want me to push record again?" Sure. Push record again and start recording again. It's fine. You can edit it all seamlessly into one beautiful. Um, okay, so we're just going to burn through a couple things just for about being a good podcast guest because as acting coaches, you might be asked to be on a podcast or you might want to be on a podcast. Oh, if you might, I can add, just yeah. to add to that because you just about to talk about the number one way people find out about podcasts in that study that I reached the statistics is through cross promotion. So meaning you being on a guest on another podcast. So that's also why we're mentioning this here is if you're going to start a podcast, you're, if you want to grow your podcast, you're going to want to... Be on other people's podcasts, and you most likely will be invited as guests on other people's. So I'll talk through a couple of things that we thought about how to be a good podcast guest. Chelsea and I have over 300 podcasts under our belts. We've interviewed literally every type of human being. We know what makes a good guest, uh, we think. So I think everyone feels like they have nothing to say or offer. Everyone feels that. That's totally fine. And I love this thing where you're saying you're not special with your imposter syndrome. You will realize after your interview that you have a lot of great things to say and that I would say 99% of the people I interview, when they listen to their podcast afterwards, they go, my God, I sound so smart. (laughs) You did, right? You, You have so much to offer and so much to say. But again, that idea of if you feel at ease with the host, you take a breath, you know, if you do your research on the podcast, on the show, If you kind of say, oh, I kind of know the questions that she might or he might or they might ask, listen to a few uh, episodes prior to going on the show. Think about how you prepare your students for their auditions or you prepare for just life will help with quieting those voices in your head that you say, I have no idea what I'm going to say. Also, reach out to podcasts that you want to be on. We love when people do that. If people reach out to me, I get so excited. Don't be nervous. Just reach out and say, I would love to be on your show. Um, also, just as a you know, kind of technical thing, if you schedule a podcast and you, something comes up because life, please let the podcaster know that you need to cancel and reschedule. I've been ghosted, right? And we probably all have. That's, you know, life happens, but it's also not a big deal because, again, ease. There's usually no rush. We can reschedule. It's not like this is a live interview that has to happen now and there's a million other people who are there and it's depending on you. No, just say, it's not a good day for me. Can we reschedule? 99.9% of the time, myself personally, I'm like, beautiful. Let's find a day when you're gonna feel comfortable to do this. During a podcast, most podcasters, again, we talked about this, we want you to have a good time. It's supposed to be fun. 
almost every podcast I listen to that I love, like Jane Fonda this morning, at the very end, she goes, that was just so much fun. It's supposed to be fun. You don't have to be as cautious as you think, right? You can talk about stuff and feel free and we can disagree and we can banter back and forth. Again, the defensive mechanisms aren't there. The big thing during that you might be surprised about is that the hosts, we talked about this, may share their own personal stories. So it's not like just, here's my question, answer please. Here's my next question. It's going to be me saying, oh my gosh, I kind of had a similar situation. Let's discuss that. So this is different than classical traditional media, right? Well, share stories is, again, like I'm saying, as a technique to bring about ease and authenticity. It creates this moment between you two. As you probably, we were just watching you all doing this, and we could see that, <laughs> yeah. that intimacy, right? And to know it's having this conversation in, a, in your living rooms with a friend. Yeah. Um, again, and I've talked about this before, but how important, <laughs> talking to acting coaches, breath, breath. Right? Take a breath. If you feel like you're rambling, just go, can I just pause for a sec and start again or start over? Just breathe. It's okay, right? That, like you were saying, that's the authentic part of it is we want to hear the story. We don't want to hear canned responses. Um, yeah, do you want to talk about after? Two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. <laughs> then I'm my hair my head We love okay. podcasts. <laughs> um, there really is a lot to cover. Okay, so um, you know, we talk about ghosting like before, but don't ghost after a podcast. So the episode finishes is yes. However, you know, as a, a thank you, as an honoring of being on someone's show, which you, if you start a podcast, you will feel the pinch of. If you don't, if podcaster is doing all this work to honor you and your value and they put your episode out and and you don't share it it can come across either you didn't have a good time or that uh you don't that that you didn't like the interview or that you think their podcast is stupid or what and that really actually why i'm saying this is because if you don't want to share it that's fine communicate like just communicate because as we know when we're left alone to our own stories right but also it's a professionalism thing. And it, it, it does leave a little bit of a, a bad taste in that podcaster's mouth. It just, I'm just gonna be mm-hmm. blank, but like really, really <clears throat> candid about that. Because when they think of you, because they put a lot of work into not just the podcast, but then there's a social media aspect of things as well, because it's a digital platform. So the fact that you're not, like, if you decide not to just go click by share and literally just click, it kind of, to them, like, I'm trying to get your name out there. Help. It's like, Jerry McGuire, help me, help you. You know, that, that kind of moment, right? So so just it's an etiquette thing um, that it's not that you're expected to share, but it's just one of those things where it's like, I see you, you see me. And that person will then, um, it's just that relationship building. It doesn't end at the end of the podcast. There's an after portion. Um, yeah, promote your side. And here's a thing that, so... Janet quickly touched on having fun, it being fun. Yes, absolutely. And afterwards, feel fun. But sometimes what can happen, this has happened to me as a host too, so it's a host of me as well, is you can go, what happened? What did you say? Oh, no. Uh, so you can have a, vulner- a little bit of a vulnerability hangover. And sometimes that can get wrapped up into thinking that you did a bad job mm-hmm. or gave a bad interview or had a bad experience when really is you're just feeling like you've, like you've shared parts of yourself that maybe you're you were comfortable with in the moment 
but are not used to sharing and that you are brave. And so this used to happen to me when I started podcasting a lot, like especially at the beginning, because my, my honor, my, my promise to myself was that I was going to be honest, like no matter what, no matter how I was going to, I was going to do the thing and do the hard things because I can't ask people to do the hard things if I'm not willing to do the hard things. And I used to have like two or three days, like of me, like, oh God, why did I say that about my childhood experience? Why did I say, you know, like, like honestly, like, you know, and I was like, oh my God, it's out there. I can't take that back. Or, oversharing. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, oversharing. Yeah, exactly. And, and that vulnerability can make you feel really like anxious. Or, mm. So I do say to guests sometimes and being a good guest doesn't, I say to say to my guests, I will say, listen, this may happen. And I want you to know that I've learned over the years of doing this. It's actually, now I understand it. It's like, oh, that was a great episode. <laughs> it's an indication that I've done usually a good job. I'm not saying you have to self-inflict pain or go beyond where you're comfortable. Just in podcasting versus regular media, you may have more opportunity to feel that like being caught with your pants down around your ankles kind of feeling afterwards and that that's kind of a normal thing. I have people text, text me. I, I did an interview a couple months ago. We're like, yeah, a month ago. They're like, what happened? <laughs> what just happened? And I, and I walked them through it. I walked them through it and I talked them through it and I shared the fact that I used to have this phone really and they were like, oh, they, okay, that's what's happening. Because the, when they episode release, they were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I got to share all those things. Mm -hmm. And like, oh my gosh, I've never thought anyone would ask me these questions or I get to share them in a public platform. Yeah. So that's really like the major things about what makes a good guest. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So any quests? <laughs> we're just sitting Okay, we're just no, you can out. come in. You can come in. Yeah, you can totally come in. You can totally come in. Crash. You can totally come in. Yeah, come in. Uh, so, any questions, guys, in terms of uh, what anything that we covered today? Anything that's kind of sparking? Any questions? On this? Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you feel like you have to edit your own podcast, or would you use an editor? I personally edit my own. Sorry, I, because I love it. That's like my hobby. That's why I was joking at the beginning. She like she's like, do you have a video? I'll edit. <laughs> <laughs> I have an editor. Um, remember how I talked about the admin and the behind the scenes stuff, like starting to like, beep, 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 yeah. well, at the beginning, I was releasing three episodes a week, doing it on my own, writing all the blog posts. Well, you can imagine how that made me feel after a while. Before right? the robots. Yeah. Before, <laughs> Before, <laughs> Before <laughs> Back in the days of your life. But no, um, so uh, I have someone who actually is really, it just worked out, but there are, there are actual podcast editors. Oh, so yeah. can, like, that, that's what they do. I just am really fortunate to have someone in my life that uh, is very close to me, also really good at sound engineering. And I feel as almost like my dog, like he listens at like me. So he, I'm like, I trust him to edit it. I, I very rarely listen back now. At the beginning, I was kind of, let me see what you took out, you know? <laughs> and I also let my guests know that I take out very little. Mm -hmm. I said, just so you know, like, unless, like, we, we have a technical glitch or that, so that they know I'm not going to shift and make them look like they're saying something that they're not doing. Mm -hmm. Okay? So I do let them know that. I said, I take out ums and ahs where it makes sense. But for the most part, I leave it alone. Mm -hmm. Unless there's something that you feel really, really uncomfortable with. Yeah. And that like also uh, makes people feel comfortable because they go, okay, she's not going to manipulate me to sound a certain way. Yeah. Do you ever do outtakes on podcasts? No, no, I don't. <laughs> I do. It's like you want to go five minutes of. I so every I've been done this thing where every April Fool's Day I've put up an uh, Instagram reel of some of the funny things. So there's a theory in podcasting called ABR, which is like always be recording, right? right. And it's in it's in 
film as well too, right? Yeah. Um, where like, like I said, I just click record, we just chat and I, I'm gonna edit it and they just trust me, I'm gonna make you sound and look good, right? And um, so yeah, every uh, April Fool's Day, I compile a bunch of really funny things with the guest permission of what has happened. Like, oh my gosh, my background falls on me all the time when I'm recording. There's birds, I remember one, I was, I was interviewing a, uh, an actress who's in, um, in England and she's in university at like Oxford and this bird landed on her windowsill and she's just like, ah! Burn! Like, you know, pets come in all the time. It's, like, it's the authentic part. It's delightful. It's delightful. I, found, I love outtakes. I found that stat. I just want to share with you. I brought it. I'm like, oh, I had presence of mind uh, to write it down. 90% of podcasts don't get past episode three. That's 1.8 million who quit. Of the 200,000 left, 90% will quit after 20 episodes. That's another 180,000 gone. To be in the top 1% of podcasts in the world, you only need to publish 21 episodes of your podcast. <laughs> I think Chelsea and I are both in the top Your competition 100%. is not the it's 2 not million us. podcasts. It's the 20,000 podcasters who didn't quit. And I honestly don't think of it as competition. These are all people bringing their own points of, points of views. And so I just want to reiterate, we're just literally finishing. I just want to reiterate <laughs> that like what you have to say matters. And just really the point of passion about what you're talking about. You can't be too small of a niche or too weird or too whatever story is that's going on in yourself or I don't have enough experience or what, whatever that is that's keeping you there. It's just keeping you from being seen. That's all it is. Tell us to take a hike. <laughs> be brave and um, let us know if you start one. That would yes. be really awesome. Because I'll be your first listener. <laughs> your audience is there. People want to listen to you. Trust me. Yeah. Your audience is there. Yeah. Like, imagine if you had five people listen. If they were just sitting right here listening to you talk for an hour. So well, I imagine as coaches, a lot of past students. Yeah. Right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and you absolutely. Yeah. Like my pod, like just to, my podcast has grown to hundreds and then yeah. thousands of li- like. So I just don't want to make it seem like it has to be the small thing. Like, I have someone in. I have someone in like. Madrid that listens for you. I'm like, who is this person? I want to know who you are. You know, so just know you never know who's listening. Right? Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you thank so you. much. Be in touch if you have any questions. Yeah. Yeah. We're happy oh. to answer any questions or my email, email is Chelsea at thisischelseajohnson.com. It's really simple. Second Act actors, listen in. Zoom listeners, thank you for joining so much. My email is is chelseajohnson.com. If you have any questions, you can forward your questions there. I'm at secondactactors at gmail.com. You can also Google me. I'm everywhere. Second Act Actors is produced and edited by me, Janet McMorty. Theme music by Guillaume. Additional sound editing by David Studio. Additional video editing by Jackie Wadewer. Show notes written by Sarah Hopkinson. I record using Riverside FM. If you're interested in developing an interview-based webcast like mine, I highly recommend this platform. Shoot me an email and I'll direct you to the wonderful folks there. If you or someone you know is interested in being a guest, email me at secondactactors at gmail.com. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. 
My love language is words of affirmation, so compliments, constructive criticism, and feedback are always welcome and encouraged. Negative Nancys, Judgy McJudgersons, or Debbie Downers, unless you're Rachel Dratch, regarding me or my guests are not welcome. It takes serious courage to share your story with the world, so if you're tempted to negatively comment about someone else's story, please ask your therapist why you're such a garbage person. Save the drama for the stage. On that happy note, I hope you'll tune in next week for another episode of Second Act Actors. Bye!